I, flat earthers are my favorite because it's just, it's everything. Uh, it, there you go. Like, here's the theme of the episode, right? It's everything I want to call BS on. That I'm just like, <laughs> yes. like, they embody everything that I am just like, man, you are so full of shit. Like, you are really like, wow, you just, and, and so they just fascinate me in that kind of dumb way. Welcome to episode 86 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint of fine wine, or you know, whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually, at least after Lent, with a good brew in hand. Huh. After lunch, yeah. you can speak for yourself. Good, <laughs> finally. I was really upset last week that I was the only one drinking, so Logan's <laughs> back today. That's all right. We're all we're all back. Speaking of good brews in hand, we are brought to you by Wink Wine Club, W-I-N-C. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door if your state allows it. You can get started at trywink.com slash btlive for $20 off your first order and other savings. Even better, if you'd like to just try free bottles on us, except for, you know, tax and shipping, um, we can help you out with that. Call, leave us a voicemail, 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830 or shoot us an email, info at pubtlg.com. We'd love to hear from you questions you want to discuss comments things you want us to clarify you talk to us and you will be uh, eligible to get three bottles of free wine we'll choose a winner every month there you go stumble through that Oof. that's right we've had some engagement lately i like it i hope it's yeah i hope it's not only for the wine but if it is i'm okay with that too uh, <laughs> So do you want to join us for a live recording of our 100th episode? Because you know you do. Join us at the Wild Goose Festival, July 12th through 15th in Hot Springs, North Carolina. The Wild Goose is a gathering of progressive spiritual thought leaders, artists, activists, centered on spirit, justice, music, and art. Get your tickets at wildgoosefestival.org. Yeah. Wildgoosefestival.org. For some reason, that was really hard to say. Who needs so, a script? Ogan, I just needed to one-up you on bumbling. Your there, there you go. Sponsor. When does Brian get to do this again? Yeah, there we go. go. When we get another sponsor. Right, true. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear Brian bumble through, sponsor us today. There you go. If that's not compelling, I don't know what is. Come on, folks. <laughs> Always welcoming new sponsors. Just message us at info at pubtheology.com. You can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PT Live. And looks like some people have jumped in already today because we're discussing what makes you want to call BS. That just could be the show right there. Uh, we also discuss uh, the March for Our Lives events of the past weekend, the spiritual and ethical ramifications of owning or carrying a gun, 
and some Palm Sunday and Holy Week conversation. And could rooting against Sister Jean send one to hell? I'm just asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. Oh yeah, we gonna we gonna oh at the end of the show we gonna we gonna hit some headlines. New segment we're premiering debuting. New segment today we're gonna we're gonna hit some headlines. New segment called Pass or Pour. There you go, Pass or Pour. Well, speaking of uh, Ogan, what are you drinking? Um, today I'm drinking. Oh, I had to get up my ice bucket. Uh, Reviver Brewing Company White Electric Coffee Stout because I'm not a big fan of coffee or stout, so this should be interesting. But Mm -hmm. it's even though it's spring, um, no one told Mother Nature up here, so we still got some snow on the ground. It's been a breezy. I think it just eked into the 40, into 40s just now, but it's been like 30 something all morning. Very chilly. So still, still good stout weather. So we'll see how that that goes down for sure. Yeah, we're on, we're still on winter beers around here too. Um, so I am again lo- local for Lent. Uh, Dogfish Head Brewery, which is fairly local around here um, in Delaware, but you know the way Maryland's weird. Uh, Flesh and Blood IPA. It is an IPA which I don't normally like, but it is a, a blood orange IPA which I do oh. happen to like. And a very lot. Uh, very topical there for a yeah. Right, Flesh and Blood. Right. Right? Very good. It is, I, it, it is Holy Week. <laughs> it is. Well done. Well done. I uh, There's a local brewery here in Michigan that does a Bloody Mary beer. Interesting. Which is not bad, actually. It's not bad. I don't like tomatoes. You know, I that, love, that won't help. <laughs> which can be a whole other discussion. But right. I love tomatoes, but I can't stand tomato juice. It's really weird. Mm, oh, oh I, I drink some every day for the both of us. So, uh, I am, you know, sticking to my fast and drinking, again, a LaCroix. This week, a mango LaCroix. Mm. Tropical. Yeah, we have a, you know. All right. Because weren't they waving mango branches? Uh, Nope. No. So, what makes you want to say, I call BS? That card game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> was that all, the bullshit card game <laughs> gotta put that yeah what it, yeah mm. i forgot about that um well in the context of why that phrase is recently in our cultural lexicon yeah uh, i think the thing that i've always found puzzling two things one um the the, the fallacy that um enacting um, sensible gun safety measures is equal to an affront on the Second Amendment, one. And two, when you poll Americans, the vast, uh, um, many of the, um, the proposed gun safety issues are, are approved by a majority of both progressives and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans, like Americans in general. Yeah. You know, things like you know the um, uh, universal background checks, um, well, you know, banning the bump stocks, all this kind of stuff. Um, both both sides, when you poll people, tend to agree. You know, those are good ideas. They're they're really good ideas. We should do them. And even when we enact those ideas, we can still keep our guns. So so the fact that these two thing two things combined and 
you know, well, we know why, but our, our leaders, political leaders, and I'm not blaming one party because over the last couple of decades, we've had both parties of both powers, you know, in government or, you know, in charge, so to speak, um, have not changed anything. So I call BS on them calling themselves public servants. They're not serving wow. the public at all when it comes to this issue word that's all i got to say on that yeah a friend posted a meme that said today thousands marched to take away our guns so share this meme if you're not going to let them <laughs> and i'm just like that makes me want to call bs like right did you listen to one word did right. you what news channel did you watch coverage of the event let me guess yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, and again, we we argued common sense, but like we're talking about sensible regulation, right? We're talking yeah. about no greater regulation than what we have with any, like any other dangerous object, cars, you know, right. airplanes, like alcohol. any yeah. alcohol, like all of this safety measure, all of this, um, like having a permit. And yes, there are permits now, but not in the same way that other things are regulated with permits. I mean, just it feels and and i appreciated i mean maybe we're not you know but like what i appreciated so much were the the hunters that came out and said we're here marching because you're not trying to take away my hunting rifle like you're not trying to take right. away my you know we're trying to take away this like they're calling bs right like, yeah. like gun responsible gun owners are calling bs on this and i appreciated that so much yeah that's that's an important thing to point out they are gun owners who are also and i think that's when we will we will truly see a shift when the gun owners themselves are as noisy as the non-gun owners to say we yeah. want these laws too because it's not safe here and all the other reasons that are being thrown out there for why it's not a gun issue while they all do have some validity are not the reasons because every other country has people with mental health issues every other country or kids playing violent video games every other country yep. are people who want to take their own life but but the missing factor in these other places is the easy access to a gun, uh, a thing designed for the purpose of taking life. Um, not only just easy access, but the proliferation, is that the word I want? Proliferation. Pro pro yeah, what he said, of, of <laughs> the guns in our, in our public sphere. So, so that's, that's the X factor. And I don't think, I mean, yes, you have people on both ends of the fringes. So, you know, you have the, you know, you're going to pry this gun from my cold dead hands fringe and you have right. the, you know, let's just melt them all down on the, Ooh, on the can, can I actually, I, I would like to. Right. That. So again. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for, like, I'm all for that. But again, but let's, let's also be practical. I don't want to say practical, but. No, no, I hear you. Right. No, 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 I, yeah. Let's take real steps. Right. Yeah. Because the I mean, countries just... that don't have this massive gun death and gun violence, they haven't eradicated guns 
right from the society it's yeah. just you know i mean let's be honest even though i may be on the let's just melt them all down kind of thing let's take them away from everybody right. like i don't think that that is the only way to i mean we can't go from where we are now to there right, right. and and there has to be steps to be taken yeah and just because i think that that would be really great doesn't mean i think that's gonna happen ever and so i'm gonna fight for the putting regulations on a step at a time and I'll take any win that I can at this point, you know, and then I'm going to fight for the next win and then the next one. Yep. Um, and I, but again, what they're calling out is the, you know, is the, the, the extreme of, you know, this yeah. crazy idea, right. This crazy idea that, that you need assault rifles for, anything but playing you know like i don't i've never shot one i've never wanted to but you know people are like it's really fun but that my entertainment isn't worth these being available in this way now um two two things to that one my favorite sign from the march of here in boston a guy had a sign that says you know i need an ar-15 like a fish needs a bike like right. That, that was what you were saying. But nice. now, now uh, uh, I I love to play devil's advocate, and I will. You, you drew an interesting parallel to cars. Now, for me to get to point A to point B, I don't need a Ferrari Testarossa. Like I don't need a Lamborghini that is like just a hair back from you know street legal, that has like eighteen bazillion horsepower that I can go from zero to sixty in like five seconds. I don't right. need that, but those are fun to drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got my little, you know, I got my little 155 horsepower Mazda Miata sitting out in the driveway. It's a fun car to drive. It ain't powerful, but it also weighs like 10 pounds. It's like an airsoft gun. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but but that 155 horsepower <laughs> makes that car lots of zippy fun to drive, right? Because the car weighs nothing, like three snowflakes on the ground and I'm sliding okay. Please be careful. Um, I'm having time. To do so, well, and and again, I think that's I think that's an, like I like fun cars to drive. Like I I I like that. I enjoy that. I I'm also like we all have our things, right? We all have our thing. But it's also, I mean, we were kind of talking about this. You know, we we tend to, I, I guess, we're more comfortable talking about cars. <laughs> but like I. I think that there is responsibility in that. So what if I really like to drive 125 miles an hour? Like, and I have a car that can even do it. Like, it's not, it's irresponsible for me to do that around other people. Yes. Not only irresponsible, but if it's been proven that when you do it, you know, you're taking out people along the way. Which it has over <laughs> like, and over again. Like, yeah, it might be time to ask yourselves, you know what, is it, is it, is it worth the loss of life right. to have this thing in my driveway? And I think I will hazard to guess, and I'm not, I don't have any facts to support this, so I'm making this up. But I would hazard to guess that the people who are the strongest voices for maintaining the status quo of these weapons have not been personally affected by gun violence. They have not been shot. They have not lost a loved one. Um, Yes, there are exceptions to every case, but I think when you have been personally affected by it, it's a whole different story. For sure. 
for sure. So what on uh, along any other line, you know, yeah. not in this arena might make you say, I call BS, you know, is there something when someone uses like you're talking on a particular subject and they go here and you feel like, yeah, you can't really make that move or that's not a valid option. And you call BS. What, anything else come to mind? Heaven and hell being real places. Wow. Let's just go there. They <laughs> call BS on that too. So we, we had like, a, you mean like a physical place that like a physical place that you go after like you above the, above the clouds yeah, or in the other dimension. Or and there's what. a real pearly gates and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yes. I yeah. call BS on that and, 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 and hell being the opposite of that. Um, the, 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 the fact that this story is still floating out there is, you know, I call BS. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I think I I think I call I mean I think I caught a lot of BS in my head. I mean, but I I've <laughs> I no longer say that out loud. Um I a few years ago, uh maybe even 10 years ago, the phrase got really popular of um let me push back on that. Like Ooh, yeah. You know, and I feel like that was an adult way of calling BS, right? Right. Like, yes. Like in a meet, I would be in a meeting of very civil conversation and blah blah blah. And, well, let me push back on that. And I was like, I really just feel like you're sitting there going, "That's bullshit." So let me just tell you what <laughs> I want to say about that. And and, I'm, and again, like I've I've actually rarely rarely use it because it bothers me in that way. Like if you want to say, I actually think you're wrong, and let's talk about that. Then let's be clear. We don't, I don't need this fancy little, you know, let me, let me push back on that a little bit. Well, even softer is, you know how I see it is, <laughs> right. you're not even willing to say push. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I'm but not even willing to have any conflict whatsoever over this. But don't you think that it kind of depends on the situation? And there are times oh. where if you, if you do frame it from, well, you know how I see it is this. Right. Because sometimes if you're, if you're and, too, um, if you're too antagonistic, there's not going to be any chance of listening or reciprocity. I think it depends on who it is. To your point, to your point before we started recording, Shannon, what did you say about ministry being an exercise in diplomacy? It is. It is an exercise in diplomacy, there a constant go. exercise. In there diplomacy. we go. And I, and, and absolutely like I, I was in, uh, I was leading a, a group retreat one time and we were all very close, like all, all of us in the group. And so one person and I had were, were it's, it was like my best friend. And so I talked to them in this group, like I talked to the, my best friend, you know, like I talked to them regularly mm -hmm. and the, the thing went off the rails, right? Like the retreat went completely off the rails and I, I bothered me for the longest time. And I kept like, what the hell happened? And, yeah. and I realized it was because I was, we were talking to each other in this very real, very harsh way. And just because they and I were very comfortable talking to each other that way, didn't mean the group was comfortable. Yes. Right. And so I'm sitting there using language. Like I call bullshit on that. I, I call BS on you right now, whatever. And people like it heightened the, yeah, you know, the tension, the, the tension in the room when that's not how they were like, yeah, you're right. I'm full of shit. You know, like they, you know, because again, that's how nice. good friends we were. 
and the transparency between us, but that wasn't okay for the group. Right. Like, but I think also sometimes on the flip side, if you're too diplomatic, people. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you gotta be, sometimes you gotta be straightforward. And I think if you are too diplomatic and you need that brought down, bring me in. I can do it very quickly. Ah, There we go. I can bring you down a couple notches real fast. And, and that, uh, yeah, to, 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 uh, bring us back to, to this whole weekend. I think that's what this weekend and what the students from Parkland are really being good at, which is not being diplomatic and yes. subtle, getting straight to the heart of the matter. Mm. You know, I, 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 I love, uh, well, you know, people have been saying these kids are too young and so on. And I think it was a uh, Trevor Noah daily show who said, if you're, if, if you're old enough to be killed and shot at, you're old enough to have an opinion about it. Yep. And these kids have been um, doing that. And I think given the numbers of people who turned out this weekend marching, they've been hearing and supporting and loving the directness of these uh, young people who are not, you know, being held back by diplomacy and niceness. They're like, you know, people next to us got killed. We were shot at. We are the victims of right. we keep throwing thoughts and prayers at we have a right to say exactly what we want and why why the status quo is not okay what's interesting to me is and here's another example of where i call bs right and and i don't want to stereotype everybody again there's exceptions in all of this but a lot of what you the people that are fighting against these students are people who are also like, let's go back, right? Let's like, let's make America great again. And let's go back to a time when kids could play in the streets and kids could be kids. And I said, yeah, that's what they want too, yeah. right? Yeah. They want to be kids. There were 11 year old. I mean, I was in DC, right? So there are two 11 year olds on that stage. Yeah. And I am just weeping because I'm sitting there. I mean, I have a 10 year old daughter going, I want these kids to be kids. Yeah. And they're out here fighting because we can't take care, they're begging us to take care of them. They're begging us to make them safer, to give yeah. us a, give them a world where they can walk to school, let alone play in the street. So I call BS on you wanting kids to be kids and wanting to go back to a time where kids can play in the streets when you're the ones with the automatic rifles. And again, not, not everybody is included sure. in that category, but... But some of those people too say, I want to go back to a time when kids could just uh, have rifles in the back of their truck on the way to school or, yes, they do. you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's just a general, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I went to school in Kentucky and it wasn't rural Kentucky. It was a small town, but you know, where like I had, I knew a guy in my class. I mean, I, I would even at that time probably call him a friend. He had a Confederate flag over the back of his window his horn whistled Dixie and he had gun rack. And during high school, I remember during our senior year, it became illegal to carry guns on school property um, because it was, so the year before 99 was Columbine, the year before that um, a school in Kentucky near Paducah, Western Kentucky was shot. Um, In fact, it was two, two or three kids um, from they went into the Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting and, and shot and killed the kids in that. Um, and, and it became illegal. Like immediately a gun law was passed that you weren't allowed to have guns on school property. 
because every day they would drive in their truck with these guns in the back of their window. Um, and that was Kentucky. And like, look in how Kentucky. In Kentucky, you know, That's like amazing. they made that law very quickly after wow. that shooting. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, I think all three of us were involved in local marches um, this past weekend. Uh, yep. And what's your, what's your sense on, on where things are now? And is, this, is there enough energy for things to really shift? Because it's been slow. Yes. And I say this with a caveat of... Um, Yes, if every single person that feels this way and every single person that was there gets out and votes, mm. they have to. They have to get out and vote. Yeah. But I do think we have a very, I feel like I was very aware before, but maybe it wasn't, right? I Maybe I've closed my circle that we were very aware of the money that the NRA gives to our candidates. And I feel like that has widened possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, but this does not stop until we get to the polls and then it goes to the next poll and the next poll. Um, and that's, that's why I also feel hopeful because uh, so up here in Boston, I was with joy and you better register to vote at the, at the rally. Awesome. Um, so, so what's happening now is we are having 17 and 18 year olds who are going to be right in this wave, who are going to be registering to vote, who finally get it because they're hearing it from their peers mm -hmm. that that's how the change is going to come about really in the voting booth, if nowhere else. And um, that's why I'm more hopeful than, than anything else. And um, not to take us back to the, uh, you know, uh, hearkening back for a better time when kids could play in the streets. Two things. Uh, yeah, let's go back to the time when the NRA was about educating right. and promoting sensible gun safety. That's, right. that's how they started, mm -hmm. you know, as an association for people who didn't love guns and said, here's how you take care of them. And here's how you're responsible around them. I don't know when this thing went off the rails with them, but... It, 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 it certainly did at some point in time. And, and you know, uh, the other sign I, I really loved, which, I mean, it's been going around for a while, but that idea of, you know, the answer of, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, you know, sounds like somebody's trying to tell, sell two guns, which is right. what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of this, follow the money. All of this is about them making money. Um, and and yep. it, I read this statistic today that, three percent right of all like the of all the scenarios of a good quote-unquote good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun three percent of it works out in the in a in a yeah whatever favorable in a more positive like, yeah. in a more positive way yeah. right and it's like yeah that's not a that's not good enough for me <laughs> and another statistic trained law enforcement with guns hitting their target less than 25 percent of the time you know, <laughs> right. right. But you, but you want a local local or a, you know, a teacher with a gun. Yeah. There's nothing go wrong there. Right. And while we are hearkening back to a better time when children could play in the streets, let's qualify that. Cause a lot of times that better time was men, you know, minorities didn't have a whole lot of rights and were being discriminated against. <laughs> of like, course. Yes. And when white kids could play in the street. Exactly. <laughs> That's so right. That's yeah, right. let's, let's qualify that whole, like back to the better time. <laughs> And by yes. the way, my kids play on the street and, you know, know how to look out for cars and know when to come in and know when to, you know, and again, right. 
we don't live in downtown Baltimore, so we can do that. We live in the suburbs, but there, there are, there, it just is a, a fake sense of, of yes. insecure, right? Yes, for sure. Bullshit on that. Yeah. Like. Call BS on that. <laughs> there you so, go. so one of the things that gives me hope is that, you know, as Shannon noted, we're, com- we're becoming more and more aware of who's taking funding from the NRA and how much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that's been keeping people voting in line with what the gun lobby wants. And then they think that, and I need that money to stay elected, but I hope that the tide can shift so that that money becomes a liability and yes. becomes the very thing that gets them voted out so that then they decide to say to the NRA, actually, I can't take this money because I don't want to lose my seat. Right. And so that it has the opposite effect than it currently does. And I think that's where we need to get. We were watching Drunk History last night, yeah. and, <laughs> and, um, and it was it, we, it was on Hulu, so we were like catching up on season three, but it was on the story of the guy who started Prohibition, and he like invented like massive lobbying, like right, like he had control of everybody, and, um, and he fell out of favor because the ethanol that was used in like nail polish and used to clean engines and stuff, he um, got like, he used his power to get a bill passed where um, they had to mix it with something that made it lethal. Like, um, so people that were drinking ethanol, which I can't imagine was really good to be drunk, (laughs) to get drunk, they would actually, they started dying because of this law that he passed. But there was no mass like warning. There was no, you know, whatever. And so all these people started dying and he lost favor. And that's how prohibition got overturned. Wow. And I was sitting there watching this. Of course, it's drunk history. So like <laughs> I need to like look up the actual story. <laughs> but I'm sitting there like, there you go, right? Like he they started killing he started killing a bunch of people. And the people rose up and and he lost his favor as a lobbyist. And I was like, that then then here's where we are nra right like you need to lose your power as a lobbyist yeah and the amendment was changed there was if you haven't seen it please look up a piece by former uh, supreme court justice john paul stevens wrote in the new york times on why it's time to overturn the second amendment and it is a fantastic piece with some of the history of how that thing was interpreted for the first couple hundred years as not being uh, giving everyone rights to carry all the weapons they want, but being much more about states being able to have militias and and all of that. Oh yeah, and about and also about about slavery. Uh, a lot of the for sure about arming the militias to control the slaves. Yeah, that yeah, was, it, it was about the Confederacy for sure. Yeah, but another I, great another great sign I loved was um, women weren't given the vote till the Ninth Amendment. Maybe the second one wasn't our best work. Right. <laughs> yes, I love that exactly. one. And you know, um, people of color didn't become people till the fourteenth. So maybe you know, exactly. right? Like, right. Let's talk about this a little bit. Um, yeah, I. You know, it, it's interesting because I showed up on Sunday not just—I mean, not just as myself and not just as a mother, but like as a clergy person and wore my collar and like Brian, yeah. you had yours on and yeah. Logan, I don't know if you wear one, but you know. No, honestly, and and I gotta tell you the truth. After yeah. the after the march or on my way to the march, rather, I was like, you know, our, our denomination doesn't require us to wear collars. I don't know of any union ministry that does. But I kind of felt like I wish I had one that yeah. day. 
for that reason. Yeah. So for I, that reason. Yeah, we I'm don't. Gonna, I'm gonna get a March collar. Just we just don't wear them either. And that's why I bought it, to be honest. Yeah. I bought that's it for right. that reason. And I bought it for when I do public advocacy events, like when I'm, you know, doing doing advocacy work, not just protests, but like community things. And we might we might have to reestablish our sponsorship with Casual Priest because I, <laughs> I want to look go. fly. I gotta look yeah. fly when I'm doing it. Well, and and that's what I mean. I, there's got to be some symbol, right? So I saw some people in the stoles. I saw some people in collars. You know, the yep. collar for me is just the immediate. And there is something you know striking about. Like still, it's for some people, it's still off-putting to see a woman in a collar, right? So so work it. Yeah, that's why I do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and it's but, also off-putting because because of you know the Catholic priest scandal. Well, there's I don't know that that's. I honestly well, don't know that that's as much of an issue these, or at least around this part. I was going to say up in Boston. <laughs> yeah, well, that 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 might be might so. Be a little bit more. Yeah, but as I mean, and again, there's another reason to be a woman in a collar because obviously I'm not Catholic, you know. Like, there you go. Exactly. There's, there's all exactly. of that, but but new I'm walking women, around. You women know, get all the breaks. Oh, so much. <laughs> My life as as a woman has been so easy. Don't, don't send me emails. In that all was, the ways. Was, that was intentional sarcasm. I, I, be believe, I believe Shannon was talking. I, I, I feel like she was getting kind of like cut off. I don't know. Um, no, but I'm, so I'm walking around and I'm walking around with a couple of friends of mine who are also in colors, right? And the number of people that are like, still, what are you, you know, wow, what, how, like uh, you're here as a clergy person. Yeah. And again, you know, part of my mission in ministry has been to let's stop let's let's stop this radical right tea party from hijacking what it means to be a christian but when it comes to gun violence there's a lot of anti-violence in scripture but like when it came to gun violence there there isn't a, i mean obviously there's there were no guns there's not a lot to draw from but again we we haven't really touched on this but the the holy week you know, the day before Palm Sunday, we marched, right? We marched in all these cities. Yeah. And the parade on Palm Sunday was a protest march. And Santa actually is save or rescue, right? Save yeah. us is what they were crying out. Save yeah. us, save us, which is what was being cried out from that stage. And like the, all of that was so moving and so powerful to me. And then walking into Holy Week this week as we do that. And I realized that, you know, we we don't always have great language to talk about this and we and and talking about um restricting um you know tools of violence right we have the you know isaiah of they shall beat their swords into plowshares and and things like that um and i i i just kept thinking about how important that was um there's a scripture i think it's Matthew, I'm going to get that wrong. Anyway, it's one of the stories of um, the Garden of Gethsemane. I want to say Luke, to be honest, um, where Peter pulls out a sword and he cuts mm -hmm. off the the soldier's right or his ear. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Matthew, actually. Is it? Anyway, it's it's one of them. And and Jesus is like, put that away. I mean, he's basically like, what the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. I mean, and not just I'm, I'm, I'm in enough trouble. Right. <laughs> And like, it's, it's not even like we're outnumbered here. You can't win this. Like Peter might've been able to win it. Who knew? But it was like, we never use violence. Yeah. That is never the right answer. That is never okay. 
And it begs the question, like, why are they carrying swords and why are they doing, you know, besides they're traveling all over the place and whatever, but, but Jesus response is so nonviolent. Like, why yeah. would you ever do that? That is never the answer. And he says, don't you think I could call down legions of angels and kick some ass right now if I wanted to, but that's exactly. not how I roll. By the way, I'm super proud that I got Brian to cuss on the show. Just saying that out loud. There you go. <laughs> but yes, exactly. Like, don't you, and, and again, that begs, you know, we go down that road of like, can't God just come in here and fix all of this, right? You know, and it's our responsibility. Right. And that's what Jesus is saying, right? Like, that's it's right. our responsibility to solve this. And violence is never the answer to solve that. It's not that. the way to do it. Right. Because God so tried to, that years ago and violence doesn't work anymore. Back to my theory that I mentioned last week about God clocking out after that first half, <laughs> just never coming back to work. I am amending that. I am amending that. Good. Okay. That. <laughs> it happened after the flood. Uh, oh. Like, let's clean slate this puppy. Let's do a reboot. And we're going to go from there. But what it all went wrong because let's, let's be clear what happened. He picked Noah, who had a drinking problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> pick somebody to save the world. Don't pick an alcoholic. Um, I, I, I spoke about this in church, and people like people lost it. <laughs> like, I was like, the dude. He who blame who can blame him after being? being I was gonna stuck, say if I was in Noah's situation. Yeah, I need yes. a drink after getting off that ark, <laughs> cleaning all, all those animal pens for all this time, stuck yeah. with my family. I need a drink too. Yeah. And yeah. Boom. There, there we went. And I think that was really when God said, okay, let me get this straight. I wiped the whole place clean. I saved you and your family to start over. And what do you do? You go get pissed faced. Like, really? I'm you get, out. You get drunk and naked. Get drunk and naked. God's like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't win. I think nah. that's really when it went off the cliff. But, you know, Abraham bargained with God and, all of that. And yeah, that was after Noah. That, that was after Noah. Maybe. maybe. Not maybe. There's no maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, a, a fun tweet uh, by Emily Kegler where she said, there's something very odd about a religion that annually celebrates a protest march with property destruction, but gets antsy about Black Lives Matter. Nice. I yeah, I, I I think we've we really so someone else on my so many I'm friends with on Facebook was like, why can't we get a happy Palm Sunday? Why can't we get a you know? Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, cause that's not because <laughs> that's not what Palm Sunday is about, and and not just like not we just lost it, right? We've I think we're coming back to the sense of what Palm Sunday is. Yeah. Um, but we really I think that you know, Americanizing um, time of, of taking, you know, the parades with the kids and laughing and running. And, and, and I'm not saying there weren't laugh, there wasn't laughter and running around in during the protest of Jesus entry, but it was like, they're crying out going, they're exactly right. They're celebrating. Cause like, you're the one that's going to rescue us. Thank you. you but know? a desperation kind of yes, celebrating, right? A, a weighty celebration. Yeah. You right. know, I, I took a slightly different tact on this recent past sun, uh, past Palm Sunday. Uh, I chose to highlight what I affectionately refer to as um, party Jesus. So, so, so to give you some backdrop, the last few weeks I've been doing a series that's called uh, Light of the World. 
and we were t- and I was talking the whole essence of the talks were um you know Jesus here he was this basically the perfect divine embodiment of God and the human embodiment sorry of God but he was also very much in his humanness and we have tons of examples about that so I was going through all the emotional all the examples of where Jesus showed up in his emotional self we talked about sad Jesus when you know Lazarus died we talked about um you know hungry cranky Jesus when he cursed the fig tree for no apparent reason um and I mean come on I mean that's not supposed to be in season and he cursed the tree what other reason could he have for doing that all right we could try to theologically save him all you want Jesus was hungry and cranky and cursed the tree because he thought he was going to get a quick snack there you go anyways but I said, we also overlook one of the reasons why Jesus and his disciples were in Jerusalem in the first place was to celebrate Passover. Yes. And Passover was, is indeed a celebration. I know Christianity co-opted their Passover meal and made it the last supper. And it's made it this like basically somber uh, uh, observa- uh, observance of Jesus's death. And, you know, the whole, you know, depending on what Christian faith, if you're Catholic, the whole transubstantiation thing is coming into play. Sure. But honestly, it, it, they were there to celebrate the, the liberation of the Israelites from Egypt. You know, again, a custom that Jews still, still observe today. So I took the tact of, um, and, and part of this was on, on our Good Friday service coming up, we're going to have communion. And, uh, you know, unity is made up of a lot of people who more than more often than not come from more traditional Christian faiths and are still working through their healing around that. Sure. Um, and it was so funny because this uh, maybe 15 minutes before church starts, a board member came to me and she said, someone asked me what's happening on, on the communion service on Friday because they want some details before they show up. And I never found out who that person was, but it was probably, I'm going to make a guess, probably someone who used to be Catholic, who was told in order to partake of this communion, you have to have been, you know, a certain element of worthiness. Mm-hmm. And right. you don't normally have communion. Is that right? right? No, yeah. we don't, okay. we don't normally have communion, but right. when I do have it, the emphasis is always on, we are celebrating community. We are sharing yeah. something that brings us together and that's why jesus and his disciples were there at that time it was a celebration of passover now when we read the gospels we read it from we read it from the perspective of people who wrote it after the fact who were like well how did jesus allow himself to be killed on this day he must have known and it must have been all set up and he must have had some intuitive knowledge that you know, Judas was going to betray him and so on and so forth. I think a lot of that was um, trying to explain away, explain it away, as opposed to, you know, maybe in that moment, is it so hard to entertain the fact that maybe Jesus didn't see it coming, one, and two, they were indeed there to celebrate Passover and to celebrate this inherent part of their tradition. So this past Sunday, that's because I spoke about you know, the pro- protest in the week before and let people know where it was going to be Saturday. And I hope to see some of them marching as well. Um, so, so I took the tact of one more side of Jesus that you don't hear about a lot is the party Jesus, the Jesus who wanted to celebrate life and community and unity and connection and, and, 
and it, it came full circle because, you know, when you read the book of John, what was his first miracle? Turning water into wine. And if you read between the lines, Jesus shows up at a wedding, all the wine's gone. They're ready three sheets to the wind. And Jesus is like, let's keep the party going. Party Jesus. There so he came full circle towards the end there. And I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with Jesus liking a good party. Um, I, I think though that we, in, in part of this, um, the way we divide up Holy Week is yeah. we forget that not only was there the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, but he went to the temple and like threw over the tables and yep. was violent, right? And beat some people up. Yes. And, and that, that like, so I think this quote in particular is referring to that whole day, that whole yes. story of so right. there's it includes them yes yeah and it, it <clears throat> so so that's where the property destruction comes into place and and i mean property destruction can be them them ripping the um palms off of the trees like you didn't say who's that's true part. too yeah fair point fair <laughs> you point. know um which is is all of that though and and all the while taking away from you know it was it was actually i mean the go a step further Jesus's protest march was a counter protest march to the religious leaders coming in in there or the um the centurion was in the Roman the, the Roman yeah the Romans coming in for General this sacred the, holiday yeah, right? right and they have to appear in this grandiose manner and so the 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 irony quote unquote of save us right like these you know Jesus was supposed to come as a army general blah 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 and you know do all these things because that's what they were expecting that was the, what the prophecies say and and so all of the all of that we've we've just lost that sense of that's what palm sundays it is when yeah. we do our easter egg hunt and put the the cute little palms or the long in, you know in the hands of children and have them run and we sing hosanna and it's all pretty and adorable and cute and and is really I, like a mini Easter. Right? I agree. I agree. I think what we, I think we miss so much on Holy Week when we spiritualize the whole thing. When it's like, oh, look, Jesus, the Son of God, arrives in Jerusalem and people are, you know, celebrating and hooray and we're going to celebrate because it's the big entry before he dies. And that's the whole point of why he came instead of looking at the historical context, as you noted, and that. Um, he is doing this political street theater and it's really an anti-triumphal entry. He's not right. coming in as a victorious war general on a horse. He's coming in on a, an animal that's a symbol of peace. He's coming in unarmed and he's sort of subverting the expectations of what everybody's sort of hooraying about as well as Rome. So it's kind of like he's got a couple levels of things going on, um, but almost none of it often we pay attention to when we, spiritualize it and remove it from the historical realities and, and just another a, thing to call bs on is churches that do easter egg hunts without acknowledging the pagan origins <laughs> of it and trying to christianize it i call bs on that if you're gonna have easter egg hunts you let your kids know what that's about mm. so so just to um push back on something ogan said <laughs> uh oh oh <laughs> Wow. No, but so I, gentle. <laughs> so diplomatic of me. She's all about diplomacy. 
<laughs> no, but I, I, just to kind of say the like Jesus didn't see it coming part, I think that there is at least the way that I've kind of wrestled with that part of it and, and the, what was the point of all of this and why did God need this or did we need it? You know, that, that whole wrestling, it's great wrestling. It's great questioning. Um, and I, I, I don't, for me, I've kind of come down on this. I think Jesus knew um, there was no way he was getting out of this alive. I'm not sure that he knew that that was the day or right. this, right, this was the moment. But that one, yes. by the end of, or at least the accounts, by the end of the accounts of his ministry, he had um, no more fucks to give, right? He was yes. like, here, you know, I'm turning the tables over, right? Like yeah. I'm, you know, you want me, like I'm done, come get me. He was doing the things that get you killed in and the first absolutely, century. Yeah. Absolutely. And so for three years, I've put, I've, I've dodged you. I've put up with you. I've done this. I am, I'm done. Let's, let's go. Yeah. So know? for three years, he tried to be diplomatic. And yes. then he was like, you know what? And then he said, you know what? You're not getting it. Caiaphas, I'm going to push back on that. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Nice. Nice. So Walter Brueggemann, uh, in his uh, Lent uh, devotional says Jesus was not crucified because of some theory of the atonement. I think we just said why he was crucified. He was yeah. crucified because he pissed off the authorities enough. He he did the things, you know. Uh, as I as I like to like, it's it's a bit of a oversimplification, but I share with people like when Rome occupied you back in those days, you were cool as long as you did two things: you paid your taxes. And you didn't stir shit up. You didn't start an insurrection. You didn't right. start rabble rousing. You did those two things. You were cool. Rome didn't even, uh, they didn't even make you take on their religion. You could still observe whatever religion you were a part of. You could still keep your custom. Just pay your taxes and don't start rebellion. And I think, um, you know, Jesus was clear about the whole tax thing. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. God what is God. So yes, go pay your taxes. But by the time he rolled into Jerusalem and you've got this whole parade going and people are saying you're the Messiah and he's come to liberate us and all this kind of stuff, of course, Rome is going to be like, oh, look, looks like the dude's starting a rebellion. Let's put that down. Okay, I'm going to disagree. Let's push again. back on that. <laughs> it wasn't Rome. Like, I'm going to go Sorry. so far to say that. No, it no. wasn't Rome, right? I, I'm, you're, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. it was the authorities of the day who, but they had to co-opt. There was collaborators with Rome. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So that the, re and Rome. again, this is, this to me, um, this is where people go down a, like, don't be anti-Semitic. Like Holy Week can be, it could be really anti-Semitic. Right. And that is not what I'm saying. In fact, I'm going to, let's talk about it as if it were the church, but like the church today even, but it is, sure. it is the you know jesus as a jewish person with religious leaders of the jewish faith right that's sure right that can't yeah if yeah. you're the same ethnic group it's not anti is it i don't think so well i i don't anyway I, I i understand where people come from when they say like when we yell the jews killed jesus that that can be really anti-semitic it's right. just i'm talking about this in this and maybe better to say judeans or it's, a select right. amount of the leadership whatever and, and really i am talking about that select amount of leadership who used rome and yeah. they're they're um harsh like you know, cap corporal punishment or capital punishment techniques to kill Jesus, right? right. 
And, and they used, they manipulated that system to use that system. But really it was the religious leaders who were like, we're done with this guy. He needs to go. Yeah. And part of it is, yeah, he's a thorn in our side, but also if Rome gets wind of yes. any, any unrest here, they're going to come in here and clean house. And we know what that looks like. So, right. you know, so it was feeling that right. pressure. And then, as you said, using the, the mechanisms Rome already had so that in a sense, it, it was sort of a team effort in the right. end, but, but they certainly but, pushed the, pushed it to happen. Yeah. And, and as religious institutions, even today, we, and, and, and I'm not saying any of the people that we've done this to are Jesus, but we use people as scapegoats for the larger problems that are going on. Yes. And, yeah. and that is, that is in a lot of ways, what Jesus was to them is like, well, if we can get rid of him, we will stop this movement. Yep. And, and we will scapegoat everything into him, Cut right? The head off the snake. Yeah. Exactly. And and it it, it it's a really um, hard thing politically to deconstruct, but but to but we in the church, right? Like Brian says, spiritualize it in a way that we take away the politics from it and the humanization from it, and that's dangerous to do. Yes. Um, so no, it's not some great theory of atonement necessarily to me. It was a political maneuvering that, you know, ended in, yeah. and, and, and again, God, God comes back and says, you can't stop me. You know, I and, think that's and, the beauty of it all. Yeah. And what we, yeah, what we miss is that this uh, person who embodies God or is God embodied, however you want to phrase that when, when someone shows up and is the most beautiful picture of humanity, he comes in and he doesn't put up with crap. Right. right. People are being abused. Power is being misused. He comes in there and he, he shows another way. And then he says, I'm going to call it out in your face. And even if it costs me everything, I'm not going to yeah. just live a comfortable life. And Jesus called BS. Yeah. Really? I mean, <laughs> yeah. truly. Absolutely. Right. And I think the garden, the prayer in the garden, right, is a great example of, of yes, the height of Jesus humanity, but also the like, God, they really don't see it. It really doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. Like, why can't they see th this? Is man. So, so, so maybe the next evolution of what would Jesus do is what would Jesus call BS on? BS on, absolutely. Ooh. In fact, that's, that's a long great, list. That'd be a great incarnation. A C B S O. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. <sighs> I got it. There you go. Should we try our new our new thing? Oh, yeah. new segment. Our new segment. Pass so, or pour. In the in the great tradition of borrowing from other traditions. Absolutely. Um, um, one of my favorite podcasts. I'll I'll give them a shout out. Uh, Jalen and Jacoby. They're they're sports. Uh, Jalen Rose, a longtime uh, NBA player. Um, and you know. And from Michigan, yes. Michigan Wolverine. <laughs> just saying. I know. Sorry, I'm obnoxious right now. <laughs> anyway, can't be helped. Right now. All right. Just, just right now. <laughs> Anyways, they they do the segment, and, and basically the idea is like, you know, there's a lot of headlines in the news. We don't have time to cover them all, but right. um, as we say in our introduction, we're covering stuff kind of like a in a theological context. Not always, but we like to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw some headlines at you guys. If you are interested in talking more about it, you know. Let me let me know. I'll take a pour in the great tradition of 
trying something new at the bar. I'll give you some more details, maybe ask some questions. And if you don't want to talk about it, we're going we're gonna to pass and just move on. So we'll try a couple today. So our first one, here's the headline. Woman is jailed after failing to prove the existence of God. You, Ooh, you, uh, you could pour that one for me. Pour that one. So you may have heard you, you may have you may have heard about this in the news. Uh, police say a 25-year-old Georgia woman is in jail after trying and failing to prove the existence of God to her children. Uh, she was driving with her two children, ages five and seven, Wednesday, Norcross, when she crossed into oncoming traffic and drove straight into a telephone pole. Oh my god. Police oh no. oh no. say later she admitted she crashed the car on purpose to prove to her children that God was real and would protect them. One child told the police, and I quote, her eyes were closed and she was saying, blah, 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 I love God. She didn't want us to have a car accident. She just wanted us to know that God is real. So that is not the way God works. Did, did she... <laughs> basically, to prove God was real, she closed her eyes and drove her car through an intersection. And she's probably saying, but we didn't die. See, God protected us. Oh, I hope one of those kids in the backseat said, Mom, I call BS and turn. Please <laughs> yeah, turn. Re re really. Now, she did tell the kids to buckle their seatbelts. <laughs> did it. Yeah, God um, plus seatbelts are going to save you. And the video is <laughs> online of this SUV just going through an intersection, crossing over onto oncoming traffic. Wait, they have video of it? But, oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, driving up onto a curb and hitting the thing. She's well, currently facing two counts of child cruelty, and her children are with the grandparents. And the problem with that is when God comes in and intervenes, it's really hard to capture that on video. It, really, it is. It's difficult. Uh, it's, yeah. So, yeah. Really God, don't work, God don't work that way. God does not work that way. No. Please. Yeah. Please. please Only if you watch it backwards. <laughs> All right. So, so next, what's next? Next. Next one. Uh, it is final four times. So, Sister Jean. Pass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sister Jean. Me. Gave her blessing to Loyola University to license her name and image. And now the team's in the final four. So where does that money go? <laughs> do you do you think do you think they have some kind of divine advantage because the nuns the nuns on their side? <laughs> I feel like we should call this segment God doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm really hoping God doesn't work that way or my team's in trouble. <laughs> But it's a fun story. I mean, she's, you know, yeah. I watched their first game and they're like, they have a 98 year old team chaplain. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And they're like, it's Sister Jean. And she's at the game in a wheelchair wearing the team colors. And after they win at the buzzer, the team's all going right to her to celebrate. It was pretty cool. So, can I tell something that I'm going to admit to anybody who listens that yep. is allowed to make fun of me because you can listen. So, I have not been paying attention to any of this Sister Jean stuff, but it's been showing up on my timeline. And I'm like, why does Facebook think that I'm interested in Loyola Chicago? And I'm really upset because my brain did like, you know what? I really hope it's a transgendered player. Like, that's why they like... <laughs> Whatever. And then when you all sent me the article, I was a little sad. <laughs> I was a little like, oh, that's so sweet. But like, I really wanted everybody to be rooting for this transgendered player. Man. Podcast host disappointed. Sister Jean is not transgender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That should be the headline. Exactly. Ooh, I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, like. 
Because speaking of speaking speaking of Facebook, <laughs> we'll do two more of these. Speaking of Facebook, let me know if you want to talk about this. Facebook apparently scraped call, text, and message data for years from smartphones, uh, Android smartphones especially. Um, do we have ourselves to blame blame for this? Want to talk about this, or we can just pass? Oh, we can. I can pass on that. Then. Yeah, I'll pass. Pass on that. All right. Uh, let's try this one. A man injured himself after launching 1900 feet into the air to prove that the earth is flat <laughs> you can see all four corners you're gonna you're gonna pass or we're gonna you're gonna pour a little on this one. Oh, let's just pour that out yeah like... pour, pour it so he's a self-taught scientist mike hughes we call him mad mike hughes actually he built and launched his own steam-powered rocket to prove the earth was flat he reached 1875 feet above the mojave desert in california then he crashed um and was rushed to the hospital but and his quote i do not believe in science do i believe the earth is shaped like a frisbee i believe it is do i know for sure no that's why i want to go into space so what so wait wait wait. he doesn't believe in science but he built a rocket he built a rocket, a steam-powered rocket. But he doesn't believe in. So let me. He doesn't believe in the in the in the prevailing scientific. He calls it theory, not fact, that the Earth is round. He oh believes it's frisbee shaped, and there are a lot of flat earther. You know, there's a whole flat. Listen, earth flat movement. earthers are like my favorite. They're my out, favorite out, out there. But but so here's here's a, here's my follow-up question to this one. I got two follow-up questions. One, does this man's act help or hurt the? Uh, flat earth movement and two <laughs> two when we talk about the earth so this begs a bigger question there's still many people who believe in a literal creation story the earth right. seven days it, you know man walked the earth with dinosaurs is all a whole thing that there was yeah. actually a real flood that covered the entire earth and you know eight people survived and repopulated the earth with all these animals so there's a lot of theories around the earth the creation of the earth the existence of the earth out there how much of these do we get to like dispel and do we call these people crazy yeah and if the earth is flat how much water does it really take to make a flood not so much Ooh, good point <laughs> so i mean the great thing about the flood is there's like basically every right like every religious story keeping has a flood in it like we've yeah, all yeah. had right you know that's the great thing i don't know i flat earthers are my favorite because it's just it's everything I, it, there you go like here's the theme of the episode right it's everything i want to call bs on that i'm just like, <laughs> yes. like they embody everything that i am just like man you are so full of shit like you are really like wow you just and, and so they just fascinate me in that kind of dumb way right? yes. a piece of can we get mike on the episode yeah really there's a piece <laughs> of me that doesn't believe that that refuses to believe that they believe this i think it's just people yes. who are intentionally trying to get a rise out of us but but this guy has gone to some extremes and 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 i've i've probably admitted this before but i'll admit that every like stupid theory stupid like really dumb like this dumbest dumbest of the news that i hear i'm like oh they're probably a flat earther like that's my like that's my like dumb threshold. Yeah. No, although I'll tell you this though, flat Earth theory notwithstanding, they they're building your own rocket that works. Kind of right. cool. Kind of cool, except you know you're like like how much injury was this? You might die. 
I think we should try to line up Steam Rocket Mike for, you know, episode 93 or something. something. Did, right. did he do it to prove the existence of God? That's really the question. No, 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 oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Did he do it to get to heaven? He and the, he and the mom need to meet up, you know? They probably match up on Tinder they or something. They have a great time together. There you go. All right, the last one, and this one is really specifically for Brian, but but yeah, okay. I'm Channing Kuwain. Um, a birth control pill for men includes a side effect that has frustrated women for decades. Do you want to? You want to? You want to dive into more of this? Uh, doing <laughs> why is this directed so to me? This, <laughs> this week, because it, it's for men. It's a, oh, it's a, no, listen, I am super psyched about this. By the way, for men. this pill. So this week marks the new edition of the into the annals of contraceptive history. I can't pronounce the name of this. Dimethadrolone undecanoate, whatever. Hey, uh, druggy, pot- drug, 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 right? Druggy, drug, drug. It's a potential new birth control <laughs> pill for men. It's not in the market. They're still testing it. But it's being touted as the best hope for a non-permanent male contraceptive option. Right on. Now, it comes with some caveats. It must be taken with food in order to be effective. And tests show that usage had slight negative impact on cholesterol levels and over time might raise the risk of heart disease. But right now, it's showing itself to be safe for short-term use. Now, the one side effect, and and women who've been taking birth control, um, many of them have had to deal with this for decades, is that it causes weight gain. So, have you seen the side effects of birth control pills for but, women? Yeah, I'm, I mean, just, I'm just, this is, I'm just talking about this one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about this one. Um, so, so, uh, so Brian, as as the male on the, as the male on the show, and, and my, myself, I'm, I'm, I can, I'm not going to take this. I, I opted for the permanent solution. Um, what, 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 what would you say? Would, would you should, should would you try it? I don't know. Uh, I guess I'd need to see more of the scientific evidence. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be on a control group trying to test this thing out. I'll put it that well, let's way. Let's say it came to market tomorrow and it was fine. And you know, it had the, the, the usual side effects that, um, you know, birth control pill for women have, have shown. you know, I would just say I am not big on taking drugs. I try to take the minimal amount of anything. So I would probably say no. But I, I think that this pill is for like we are we are we are all three done having children. Like this is that the too. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, like, don't don't talk about Brian. I don't know Brian's done. Are you done, Brian? Are you guys we, done? We are done. Okay. Yeah, four is enough. Just knock on my <laughs> desk <laughs> there. Don't Dude, knock. Twenty eighteen. You don't have to, to knock. Their way. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be more than knocking. <laughs> don't don't knock on something. But Go God, I knocked. Get this fixed. <laughs> yeah, this is not a way to prove the existence yeah. of God. Um, <laughs> there are ways that you don't have to knock. You're gonna have to have this discussion without me. Like I'm <laughs> I, I'm not gonna have it. I'm not gonna sit here. Those side effects are nothing like compared to the. I mean high blood pressure. I mean, the heart issues are all there. Weight gains there, lower sex drive. Um, I mean, just all uh, hair loss, you know, like all this, it's just anyway, whatever. Yeah. And so you're like, it's been on women for too long and you're sick of it. Well, and I don't think it should be one or the other. Right. I'm saying it should be both. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and of course, like all the, the only hesitation, I think it should be put on the market if it's safe, when it's safe, et cetera, et cetera. The only hesitation I have is that it, I mean, the education of STDs, right? 
Right. Birth control does not stop the, the prevention or the spread of STDs. That has to be reiterated all over again, because I think men are going to go, I actually think young men are going to go, great, that's awesome. But right, right, <laughs> I'm right. saying you still have to use a condom if- I don't, if this birth control pill comes to market and there is even half the side effects that, um, that women have had to deal with all these years, men are going to pass because cause, cause we're wusses. <laughs> all right so i don't call bs on that statement because it's freaking true and i hate it <laughs> and you hate it exactly i, hate I, it. I could see the frustration so rising stupid. there you go men are like flat earthers they're so stupid oh <laughs> maybe man. that was really for shannon and not for Ryan. yeah exactly <laughs> just gonna call bs on the on the whole gender so my hope though is that you know millennial men millennial young men are smarter than gen x young men and the men that have come before them and will be willing to do their fair share in the birth control department. They are only hope. I think that's enough. Well said. That was our first ever pass or pour. (laughs) There you you go. Next, next week we'll talk about platypus milk. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, (laughs) Oh, we'll save it. This is a good one. Oh Oh, boy. We'll teaser for next week. So, so any final word, any last calling out of BS or we, ready to ready to wrap no i'm i think we covered a lot <laughs> happy happy holy week everybody happy holy week exactly but, uh, and 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 honestly remember that 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 the power is in the hands of the people for so long we've been told that it's not been but when we look back in history most notably and probably most recently just look at the civil rights movement the power of the hands is in the peaceful people and I think this weekend was a, a, a turning point to demonstrate that we can create the world that we want to experience because we, we, we have the power and, and the people who are in power, all they do is want power, but they have to get it from us. We give it to them so we can also take it away from them. So um, no matter where you stand on the political spectrum, on the religious spectrum, I think we can all agree we're tired of people getting shot. We're tired of kids dying. I think we can all agree on that. And let's do something about it. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word, you know, however you can. Use your social medias, and remember you can listen anytime to our show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. We'd love you to rate us on those forums, and if you want to watch us and see the fun, you can catch us on YouTube or the New Thought channel. And if you'd like to find a Pub Theology gathering in your town, check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And thank you again to our sponsor, Wink Wine Club, you'll find at trywink.com slash PT live. And of course that's wink with a C. So until next time, friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. And I was going to add, if you, if you need, feel the need to prove the existence of God, please don't do so in a way that harms your children or puts them in harm's way. Not with a gun or a car or... All right, friends. Till next time. 
We'll catch you next week. We'll see you on the flip side. Happy, happy, Esther. What is, what is the pagan symbol? Estere, Estere. Happy Estere. Go lay your eggs. Go, <laughs> go mate like bunnies. Go. Wow. Go do well, I, I take a pill for that now. So exactly. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. Oh, you're, uh, you're, wel- you're welcome for that setup. Actually, I, I don't, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you later. See you all. Bye.